Welcome to Road to Play Podcast. I am your game master, Kent Blue. We are an actual play podcast where I play tabletop role-playing games with my friends from all over the world. So if you're ready, grab a player sheet, grab some dice, and let's roll to play. What's up, everyone? This is Kent Blue, the Game Master here at Road to Play Podcast. And welcome to the first episode of a show that I'm going to call From Behind the Screen. It's basically going to be a show that I talk about the games that we have run, take care of feedback, and just kind of talk about things that interest me in the role-playing world. Games, designers, systems, anything. Basically just whatever comes to mind. It's going to be a looser episode. Not as much editing will go into this one. It's just going to be me talking. Sometimes I might bring on someone to talk to. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. First thing I want to do is read the iTunes reviews we have so far. I had a couple five-star reviews over on iTunes, so I figured I'd shout those out real quick. The first one is by Brent Hibbert, who was a player in our Everyone is John game. Brent has his own podcast, Let's Talk About Stuff. I really suggest you go check it out. It's great. So here we go. An excellent gaming podcast. Kent Blue hosts one of the most fun and energetic gaming podcasts I've ever heard. He's deeply knowledgeable of the games he plays and is able to walk the audience and players through the rules. There's a sincere joy and enthusiasm to his voice that makes the show a ton of fun to listen to. I hope this show will run for many years to come. I hope the same thing too, Brent. I have so much fun putting this show together and running it that I don't ever want it to end. Thank you for that five-star review, Brent. We have one more from PSA Prez. It's called Awesome Fun. Road to play set a high standard out of the box. Definitely makes the workday easy to traverse. Looking forward to much more. Thanks for that, PSA Prez. Uh, yeah, I really hope that I can give you more. Lots more. Another thing I want to talk about is kind of where the inspiration from this show came from. Um, like I said, I've always been interested in tabletop role-playing games. I love playing them. I never really thought about doing a podcast about it until probably a couple months ago. I've always wanted to do a podcast about something because I listen to podcasts. I listen. That's all I do at work. My day is full of working and listening to podcasts. So I've been interested in podcasts and I've always wanted to do one. Uh, but I never really had a subject. I didn't want to talk. You know, I never thought I could talk about movies or music or or video games or anything like that for long periods of time. But, um, reviewing stuff. I just I don't think I could do that or have very in-depth conversations about things. It's just... Sometimes my mind doesn't work that way. I don't put my thoughts together well. So I, I leave that to everybody who's better at it. And there are a lot of people that are better at it. As I was looking for podcasts, which I do, I randomly load up new podcasts. I go in search of new things that are interesting to me just to find new stuff. And I happened upon a podcast called One Shot. It's very similar to what I'm doing here. And that's intentional because I took a lot of inspiration from One Shot and it's Game Master's James D'Amato. It is a group of improvers out of Chicago that meet and play role-playing games and record them. It's very high-quality uh, it's very funny. James D'Amato is typically the game master. And I just, when I heard it, it was so engaging. It was so well done and so interesting. And I liked the idea of doing one shot games 
you know, you do a game system, you do a two or three, four hour session of it, and then you move on to something else. And I really like that. I'm not big on campaign play because role-playing games are hard to schedule and to try to get people to commit to multi-sessions is difficult. And I just, I think whenever you have a one-shot or just a basic single session scenario, you you give a lot of freedom to people. They they will play their characters in ways they might not play if they were trying to preserve their character to move on and advance in a story. And there's nothing wrong with that. I get it. I know a lot of people that play Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder, Call of Cthulhu, all kinds of them that play campaign. And they have these characters for years and years and years, and they build them and they grow them and they build fantastic stories around them. And I think that's awesome. It's just not something that I could I see myself doing. I've played a couple campaigns, and I had fun with them. I had fun building a character, but after so many weeks, it got hard to commit to that. It got I got a little bit bored playing the same character over and over again. So I just can't. When I was thinking about maybe doing a podcast about role playing games, I knew immediately I didn't want to do a campaign, which was kind of a problem because that's mostly what I hear are people doing campaigns. So whenever I found one shot, I was like, that is perfect. Single session scenarios, do it, move on to the next one. You can play all kinds of different games. You can have all kinds of different people on it. It just sounded like a perfect idea of something that I would love to do. And a a bonus to it is by listening to that podcast, I've learned, I've, I've really, I knew about a lot of role playing systems to begin with. But I've discovered so many more, like Everyone is John. I'd only heard about it a little bit before I listened to One Shot, and then they did a few episodes on it, uh, one which is Everyone is John, and then they did Everyone is Joker, where they played voices inside uh, Batman's arch-rival Joker inside his head, and they were hilarious. And so at that point, I was like, I really want to run this game. And there's a few more role-playing systems I've learned from them that are so interesting that I'm going to mention a little bit later in this episode. But check out OneShot. Uh, you can find it easy through your podcast, whatever you listen to, whether it's iTunes or Overcast or whatever. Just type in OneShot. It's real easy to find. It's hosted by James D'Amato. I highly, highly recommend it, and it's a big inspiration on this show here. Another inspiration, um, inspiration is maybe the wrong word, but running games for two of my favorite podcasts. First was Eerie International. It's a horror podcast where they talk about primarily horror movies, but they also dip into other horror things like comic books and books. Uh, it's hosted by David Hopkins, one of the players from Everyone is John, along with Dave Roberts and Andy Preller. I love that podcast. I've been with them since the beginning. It's one of my favorite podcasts that I look forward to every week. Those guys are just they have such great chemistry and they're from all over the world from you know ones from USA, Germany and then ones from the UK. So you get a great international perspective on movies and it's so fun to listen to because they don't always agree on stuff you and they have really fantastic discussions. Uh, one of my favorite episodes of theirs recently has been whenever they they reviewed weirdly enough a non-horror movie Upstream Color. The conversation they had was so fascinating and so engaging as a listener. So I got to talking with David on Twitter uh, because I'm a big Lovecraft guy and he's a big Lovecraft guy. 
and we were talking back and forth and you know i was like well i like running call of cthulhu and i shared stuff with him i was like you really should try it out sometime if that's something you're interested in because it really kind of captures lovecraft the feeling of lovecraft in a game and just we talked about it for months and then finally one day he was like hey how about you come and run it for us on eerie and we'll post it as a as a bonus episode i was like okay so i spent time looking for a scenario that would run well in two to three hours for new to the game, new to Call of Cthulhu. And what I ended up doing, I ended up writing a short scenario that would do that. It would run in between two to three hours and would be what would work well for new to RPG, new to Call of Cthulhu players. You can hear that episode. It's episode 106 of Eerie International. I think it went over really well. Um, I was really proud of it and how easy the process was. So when I did that, that led into David. It was like, hey, I really enjoyed this. And I think my friend Austin, who he hosts another of my favorite podcasts, Hideous Energy, which Austin was also a player and everyone was John. He said, I think he would really like this. So if you want, let's run a game for Hideous Energy. I was like, okay, well, uh, do we want to do it the same? You know, two to three hours. And he's like, yeah. So I looked again and... Just knowing those guys, I kind of know what they're into, and I had the idea that I was going to write this ambliny type scenario that uh, revolves around kids encountering Lovecraft's mythos, which is something that always interested me. I've always thought about how would kids interact with the Lovecraftian mythos. So I thought about that. I, mean, I wrote up a scenario to run for them, and I ran it. I ran it for David Hopkins, Austin Wilson, and Dave Roberts from Erie International to go on the Hideous Energy feed. It was episode 337, and that went over real well. Uh, the game went easy. Everything went as planned. I had a lot of fun with it. And it was after that that I, I started to think, you know, maybe maybe I could run role-playing games as a podcast. I could do these single-session scenarios, record them, release them, in sections about an hour long each and make a podcast out of it and you know this thought just stuck in my head for weeks really and i couldn't shake it i did it just it really felt like something i had to do so i did it and here we are you know i it's the podcast is like i said up top i guess it's going well i'm having a lot of fun doing it so all that aside i do want to talk a little bit about running everyone is john um, it was my first time running the game. I'd never run everyone as John before. I'd listened to two or three actual plays of it. So I had an idea of how the game would go. And whenever I thought about it, I knew immediately who I wanted to play in that game. And that was David, Austin, and Brent. I thought they would be perfect for it. They had the right sense of humor for what I wanted to do with the game. So I reached out to them. They agreed. We put it together and we ran it. What I loved about that game was the challenge of being the game master for a game that was going to be player driven. I didn't really prepare a story for everyone's John. I knew I wanted them to wake up in the church. I knew that I wanted them to be play as demons because I didn't want to do voices because schizophrenia is a real thing. And I wasn't comfortable making light of that because there are people out there who who live with it and who suffer from it. And it just, it didn't sit right with me to, to make that a funny situation to play off that. So I made the decision to have them as demons. 
So the challenge for me was I had to be prepared for whatever the players were going to throw at me. Um, I knew that they were going to run the game, and I knew that I was going to have to react accordingly to what they were doing and what they were suggesting and what path they were sending John on. And that was the fun of the game for me, aside from all the humor and how funny everything was and what the guys were bringing to the table. For me, it was adjusting on the fly to what they were doing and and keeping the game moving. It was a challenge for me, and I loved it. I loved just being in that moment and reacting to what they were doing. And I feel like I handled that okay. Another thing that I learned from everyone as John was... I have to step up my game on character voicing for NPCs. Uh, Previously, the role-playing games, I never did much NPC voice work because I was never comfortable doing it. I'm not too comfortable doing it now, but I knew doing this podcast that was something I was going to have to do. Otherwise, it would... I just think doing voices brings something to a character, and I think it's it's an ability a, a game master needs to have because it just it works for immersion into the game for your players and in this case for anybody listening so it's something i really need to step up but that's something i am going to be working on coming up with just generic voices for situations that i know were in my head and could come back to it's just a skill i need that i need and i want to be better at one thing i wasn't prepared for in the game was just how much willpower these guys were going to spend and it wasn't a problem because it worked out, it was fine. It's just the games I had listened to of Everyone is John on the bidding for control, people would bid like two or three willpower points, and three was rare. So these guys were came out the gate bidding like four and five, and me, I was like, oh man, I'm going to have to work around this and find ways to get them willpower back, or this is going to be a very short game. They caught me off guard with that, but it also it was a fun challenge that I had to overcome. And I did usually, you know, I'd have to come up with instances where John could be knocked out and then I would have them regain their willpower. So it was just, it was something I wasn't prepared for, but I wouldn't have had it any other way because I think it really added to the game because you had people back to the corner. There were sections of it where David had no willpower and couldn't influence the game uh, directly, which kind of leads me to my next point. Everyone is John is not written with the intent of the voices, or in this case, demons, to interact with each other. And and I made this decision on the fly. I felt like it opened the game up so much because the demons started making deals with each other, which was fantastic. And I didn't foresee that whenever I decided to let the, to have them start talking to each other. I never once thought that they would start making deals and cashing in favors. And I felt like that opened the game so much because you didn't have just me talking to one demon. You had everybody interacting with each other, which led to some chaotic moments and led to some planning. And I felt like it just opened the game up so much wider and gave so much more depth to it and opportunity. It's just, if you run that game, I would recommend allowing the players to interact with each other because it just it opens it up so much and brings in so many different variables that you can't even imagine um and that that's really all that i have anecdotes that i have for that game i think the game went very well uh, i think it's being received positively 
So another thing I'm wanting to do on these episodes of From Behind the Screen is talking about games that I've heard about and become really interested in playing. The first game I want to talk about is called Phoenix Dawn Command. It comes from Two Together Studios and was designed by Keith Baker. In Phoenix Dawn Command, the players play as phoenixes, which are these warriors that have been reborn after death and are stronger, faster, and just more powerful than normal mortals. But the coolest thing that I like about this game is as a phoenix, you you don't gain power by killing enemies or completing missions as you do in normal role-playing games. You actually gain power and level up by dying. So whenever you die, you are reborn and start anew. But each phoenix only has seven lives. So each death makes you stronger, but you do know that you have that limit of seven lives before you are done. It's fascinating. The world is is so well built. Uh, basically, it revolves around this thing incident known as the Dread that is spreading throughout this land. The Dread is just full of countless nightmares thing like ghosts and skin changers and the living dead and entire cities fall to a chant that turns whoever hears it into mindless killers and nobody knows what is happening they don't know how to stop it uh but they know that they need these warriors these phoenixes who are coming back to help do it it's so fascinating i love it i love the idea of using cards instead of dice and you build a hand that you need to make powerful enough and each different suit has a has different abilities it's so cool uh i suggest you check it out i'll have links in the in the show notes taking you to the page where you can read up more about it another game that's also come onto my radar is called it was a mutual decision it's designed by ron edwards Um, And I'm just going to read basically from the page. It says, whose fault was it? Anyone's? Who's the bad guy or bad girl? Either? Both? Is my lover really an inhuman, pest-ridden, murderous, shape-changing monster? Breaking up isn't hard to do, but staying alive and sane might be a problem. So what this game is about is going through a breakup. Uh, what leading up to the breakup, the actual breakup, and then the after effects of that of a breakup of a relationship. What I think is really cool is players play in in two groups, with each group controlling one of the two people in the relationship that is going to end. It's going to end. There's no saving the relationship. It ends. But it has a really cool, interesting thing where one of the two people could actually be a were rat. Uh, the game and that's reached through dice rows throughout the game. The game's played over rounds, beginning with the meet cute essentially, and ending with the fallout from the breakup of the relationship. It's a really interesting game that that it's funny. It can be really comedic, and it also can kind of look at a lot of people. What I've learned from listening to the games is people bring in kind of elements of their past breakups and put them into the game. So it can also kind of be a reflection on your own life. And then you take a comedic turn with it with a whole were-rat incident where one of you could be just a murderous were-rat. It's really, really cool to listen to. Again, I'll link to it. I'll link to the page in, in the show notes. and uh, Check it out. I know there are some actual plays out there on One Shot. That's where I first heard about it. And they did really well with their playthrough. The last game I want to talk about is the one that has really taken hold of my mind the most i can't really stop thinking about this game and about how much 
I want to get it and play it and how difficult that might be, uh, which I'll explain here in a bit. It's called Bluebeard's Bride. It's an investigatory horror tabletop role-playing game um, that's written by Whitney Beltron, Marissa Kelly, and Sarah Richardson, and is based on the Bluebeard fairy tale. The Bluebeard fairy tale is, is a simple fairy tale where a young bride is wed to an ugly but powerful man that has a blue beard. And on their wedding night, he gets called away on an urgent matter. He gives her the keys to every room in his house and tells her she is free to explore, but one room is for, in the house is forbidden and she cannot go into. In the fairy tale, eventually, she gives in to her curiosity and goes into the room that was forbidden. And in it, she discovers the site of all of the former brides who had been murdered by Bluebeard. Uh, and Bluebeard comes in, and there's different different variations where the bride's brother comes in and saves her or and then there's a really dark one where bluebeard adds her to the wives that he's killed but the role-playing game uh is it's similar to everyone's john where all the players play what's known as sisters uh inside the bride that's not really voices like everyone's john it's more like different personality traits inside the bride and the players take on these different personality traits uh and basically it's just investigating this house investigating the rooms and discovering the truth of what has happened uh you get to experience like nightmare situations that have happened to all the previous brides and in the end you're going to decide whether you're faithful bride to bluebeard or disloyal to bluebeard the play is real interesting one sister will start with a key and they control the bride as long as they have the key and they can the other the other sisters can weigh in on subjects but the you cannot control until you have the key and the key passes around throughout play now one thing about this game is there's a lot of horror games that i've that i've listened to or played or know of and this is seriously one of the most terrifying games that i've ever listened to play or ever read about because it pushes a lot of boundaries uh it explores a lot of taboos and it really it goes into i mean triggering territories with the bride and her relationship to bluebeard that need to really kind of be cleared up or made but made known at the beginning of the game i don't think that the game is made with the intention of exploiting these situations such as abuse um, mentally, physically, sexually. But I think it taps into the real horror of this situation. I think it handles it well. The playthroughs I've listened actually handle it well. But with that said, so it's a game that I think has to be approached cautiously uh, and safely. It, it, it uses a, a mechanism in role-playing games. I call it the Red X card. Basically, it's a card on the table that if something's getting to a, to a point that you're not comfortable with, you can either tap the red card or hold it up. That way, the game master knows this is a this is a situation or subject matter that you're uncomfortable with, and they can back off it. Typically, in games of Bluebeard's Bride, at the beginning, the players are asked by the game master, "Are there any situations you do not want to see come up? Whether it be you know, 
well, anything that, that you would be uncomfortable with. And the game can be geared to exclude those. But the game intentionally confronts moments of real terrifying horror. And honestly, I think it does it well, like I said, without exploiting it. Um, I will put links in the show notes to, to this game where you can learn more about it. It was played on one shot and there's more actual plays out there. But just though going in, usually these have trigger warnings at the, at the start of them because it does deal with very real, very heavy situations. But this game just has kind of captivated my mind in the way that it plays out and the story behind it and the creators of it. are They're all very interesting in the tabletop role-playing game community. So I, I recommend looking into the game at least or seeking out an actual play of it, just knowing what I said earlier, that it is a heavy subject matter game. Another thing I want to do on these episodes of From Behind the Screen is just kind of give some recommendations. Now this, uh, sometimes it'll be tabletop role-playing related, or it may not be. And this week we have a little bit of both. The first thing I want to recommend is a, a movie that I recently watched that I've just so, so, it's one of my favorite movies I've seen all year. And it's called A Dark Song. A Dark Song is a 2016 horror film. Uh, it's directed and written by Liam Gavin. And it stars Steve Oram and Catherine Walker. And it's about a young woman who has suffered something tragic in her life. And she contacts this man, an occultist, to perform this ritual to help her uh, to help her kind of get closure on this, this tragic event. Uh, and the ritual is a many months long ritual where the two of them will be locked in a house and they cannot leave. And it just, it plays out so great. The first half of it, it, the magic is approached in such a grounded real way. Um, and at times you're wondering if this man is just, is just screwing with this lady, just messing her over to get her money or if he's actually trying to help her. And then the second half just turns the corner and commits to it in just such such great ways i mean it it puts ideas out there and it goes for them and i loved every single minute of this minute of this movie so much it's seriously one of my favorite movies of the year so i suggest you go check that out it's on u.s netflix right now for streaming so it's pretty easy to get Another thing I, I want to recommend is a Patreon, actually. Um, it's Grant Howitt's Patreon, where he's creating, essentially, it's one-page RPGs, one a month that he puts out. Uh, and they're just, it's, I love role-playing games that are rules-light and, and story-driven. And these one-page RPGs are exactly that. And they're perfect for what I like. I do like the bigger role-playing games with rules and or heavy rules and heavy lore. These one-page RPGs are just so cool because you get so much freedom with them. It's on one side of a page. He does all the art. He does all the layout. And it's all handwritten. So it has a really homegrown style to it. And 
honestly, I've read through them. They're all really cool. They're all really full games that you can have a lot of fun with, and they're very, and they're vastly different. Each one is vastly different from the other one. If you're into role playing games and oh, and looking for new things to run, I highly recommend Grant Howitt's Patreon. Uh, I'll put links to it in the show notes. So check out those recommendations. I'll have more next time I do this on stuff in the tabletop role-playing community or just movies or books or comics or podcasts. Here at Rotoplay Podcast, we are always looking for new people to play role-playing games with. Whether you've never tried a role-playing game, you've maybe played M1, you've only played one system, or you have played many role-playing games for many years, we would love to have you on to play games with us, either locally in Owensboro, Kentucky, where I am, or over the internet, I, I can do both. I've done both. I'm, I'm very comfortable doing both. Just get with me. I want to build a very diverse group of players, diverse in the number of people. And, and I want people with are different from each other, different walks of life, different experiences in life. The role-playing community is taking great strides for diversifying and including everybody over the past few years, and I love it. And I want to be a part of that with this show. I want to really focus on just being diverse with our players and with people involved in the show. So we are always looking for people to play anybody just hit us up on any of our social media. You go to roadtoplaypodcast.com, which will take you to our Facebook page. You can message us there. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at roadtoplaypod. Uh, we're on Instagram as well. You can find us on Instagram at roadtoplaypodcast. Or you can email us at roadtoplaypodcast at gmail.com. Just get in touch with us on any of those and let us know. Say, hey, I'm interested in playing game. Here's the kind of, if you're new to role-playing games, just tell us what kind of game you think you might like if you don't have a preference that's fine too and we'll arrange something we'll get games going we'll get we'll include everybody that's our goal to just let everybody experience role-playing games and how much fun they can be and how different each game can be that's really it for this episode look look out next week for the first episode of our police cops game that i played with my friends josh chris and robert it was a lot of fun. It's pretty crazy. It's a comedic game like everyone is John. And I think it went over really well. So you have that to look forward to next week. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Visit Row2PlayPodcast.com for more information. R-O-L-L-2PlayPodcast.com. Like us over on Facebook at Row2PlayPodcast. Follow us on Twitter at Row2PlayPod. Have a question or comment? Email us at row2playpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to play with a game with us, just hit us up on any of our social media and let us know. And lastly, our music is the intro track from the Spellbreaker EP by Tritachion. Visit soundcloud.com slash Tritachion.